Well, hi, everybody, and happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. To all those people who are celebrating. You know, today, tonight, in, a, in about an hour or so, we could light the fifth candle. That's right. correct. But you all knew that, right? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Well, do I hear 315 who wrote the million? Light one candle. Light one candle. Anyway, I want to so want to uh, I want to do a Merry Christmas. Of course, uh, Merry Christmas is now three days away, and I know some of you do celebrate Christmas too. I know you do. I know you do. My little grandchild. Uh, I have Gentile grandchild. Yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, they put her on video. She was singing Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> okay, so you know you're on the Mark Sports Talk. And I am your host, Mark with a C. And yes, this is our 138th episode in 138 consecutive weeks. So Anahara. how about that? Anahara. Anahara. So how's everyone doing these days? Good. How are you? Good. Okay. Good. Okay. Anybody, wearing, anybody wearing a Hanukkah uh, gift? Nope. You don't know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about? Are you wearing a Hanukkah gift? Hanukkah gift. You have no idea what I'm talking about? No. Gift, a gift you got for Hanukkah. A gift you got for Hanukkah. One person's with me there. I remember doing that every year in school. The teacher and me, we come back after the uh, the, the winter recess there, and uh, we we would. Uh, all right, I'm in the gym, and uh, anybody wearing something from from Christmas or. There were no Jews in my school. And he, he might be wearing a Christmas gift. Oh, yeah, I'm wearing my shirt, my sweater, my jeans, my sneakers. <laughs> you know, so that was, that's, you always did that. You did that, Michael, didn't you? No. Nope. Well, shame on you. Nope. Anyway, today, uh, today, I was speaking to somebody on the phone. I had to call a doctor. And I was, was referred to as a ma'am <laughs> on the phone. And I said to the woman, uh, you mean ma'am with a C? <laughs> and she hung up on me. <laughs> I called her back and I had told her what I'm talking, you know. Said, well, I'm not a ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> anyway, we were supposed to get a couple of new members on the show, but uh, if you notice uh, Milton is not on today, Milton was was I had two possible people to come on, and I guess they knew he wasn't coming on, so they didn't come on. Uh, maybe one day. And Howard and too comes back. Yeah, and Howard's in the in the in Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let us move on to some sports stuff, and we have a little change. We're going to start with Gerald's highlight report. Now, you know, you used to always call it Gerald's Numbers Report, but it was um, brought to my attention that it's really not a numbers report. Because if you, if you notice about a month ago, Gerald stopped uh, giving statistics. Like he, for instance, he would give, I don't know who's talking. <laughs> he would give uh, statistics and... Uh, I thought some of you might think that's a little um, boring to hear a number. Well, Jackie Jensen hit 25 home runs and led the league. Who cares if, if the, the number, the number was irre irrelevant to 
Jackie Jensen won the batting, the home run thing. So I eliminated the numbers. I, with my suggestion and, and uh, Gerald agreed. So, so it was brought to my attention that his report is basically a highlights report. So thus we're calling it Gerald's highlights report with a sp specific year. And this year is, what are we up to? 1984. 1984. Okay. And why don't you take it away? George Orwell. Yeah, right. Who is it? Winslow? Who is uh, the character? Winston oh, something? Winston. Winston. Not Winston. 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 Yeah. Winston. Oh, yeah. So be careful what you say. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. These are what I believe to be the salient statistics and facts about the 1984 season. Key awards and statistics by league, National League first, American League second. MVP, Ryan Sandberg and Willie Hernandez. Rookie of the year, Dwight Gooden and Alvin Davis. Cy Young, Rick, Rick Sutcliffe and Willie Hernandez. Key statistical leaders by league, National League first, American League second, <clears throat> batting average leaders, Tony Gwynn and Tim Raines, National League, American League, Don Mattingly, home runs, National League had a tie also, Dale Murphy and Mike Schmidt, American League, Tony Armas, oh, yeah. RBIs, National League, a tie, Gary Carter and Mike Schmidt, American League, Tony Armas, ERA, Alejandro Pena hmm. and Mike Bordeker. On September 12th, Dwight Gooden established a new record for strikeouts in a rookie season with 247, thereby surpassing the previous rookie record of 245 set by Herb Score. Okay. Reginald Martinez Jackson hit his 500th home run, thereby becoming the 13th player to reach the five home 500 home run career mark on May 9th, Harold Baines hit a home run in the 25th inning oh, yeah. to give the Chicago White Sox a seven to six victory over the Brewers. The eight hour and six minute marathon set an all time mark for the, for the, uh, the eight, let me say it again. The eight hour and six minute marathon set an all-time mark for the most innings ever played in an American League game, as well as the longest game ever played in the major leagues. Baseball, this is funny. Baseball Commissioner Peter Uberth warned the Cubs that unless outdoor lights were installed in Wrigley Field, all future playoff games would be moved from Chicago to St. Louis. The 1984 season started with nine straight victories by the Tigers. The Tigers eventually built up their one-and-loss record to 35-5 and five and never relinquished first place. The 1984 World Series pitted the Detroit Tigers and the San Diego Padres. Detroit won the series four games to one. This was the last World Series in which the designated hitter was used the games played in the National League Park until MLB adopted the DH universally in right. 2022. Say that again. I think we lost you. Say it again. Yeah. The 1984 World Series 
pitted the Detroit Tigers and the San Diego Padres. Good. Detroit won the series four games to one. Okay. This was the last World Series in which the designated hitter was used for games played in a National League park until MLB adopted the DH universally in 2022. This World Series was known as the fast food classic. Domino's Pizza founder Tom Monahan owned the Tigers and McDonald's founder Ray Kroc Clock. owned the Padres. Right. Sparky Anderson won a World Series in 1975 with the Reds and then managed another World Series with the Tigers. Tigers. Yeah, he became the first manager to win a World Series in both leagues. The World Series MVP was Alan Trammell. And that concludes my report for the 1984 baseball season. Maybe that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. And that's not Lou Whitaker. Anybody right. have any comments on that report? Anybody? No? Okay. Wasn't that the last time the, the uh, Tigers won a World Series? That was 84. I think, I think so. Yeah, yeah. They lost right. twice yeah. in uh, with uh, Verlander oh, and Scherzer. Yeah. You know, you know what else that season shows? It shows that you can win that you can win a pennant early in the season. I mean, they were 35 and 5, and when they play 500 ball the rest of the way. Right. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. You really yeah, can win yeah. a pennant in April and May. That's unusual. How many teams do that? No, but you can, it's, though. You, know. you can, you can. I mean, if you hold on, look what they did. They played 500 ball the rest of the way and yeah. built up the lead. Right. Okay. 1984. Okay, let's move on. Milton is not here, so there's no name that too. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> you can play your own uh, uh, song in your head and try to guess it. <laughs> as far as beef beefs, I had this one last week, but I bypassed it. I'll just mention this week. You know, there's a, there's a wide receiver. I think he's he's I think he's active on the Cardinals named Pharaoh Cooper. Does that name sound familiar to anybody? Yeah, he, this guy a couple years ago, I think in the Rams, he was great uh, punt returner, kickoff returner. Pharaoh, F-A-R-O-H. There's no A after the R. You know, sometimes they spell Pharaoh, F-A-R-O-A-H-A-O-H. Should be P-H, usually. P-H, right. The P-H-A-R-O-A-H. Like the horse. P-H-A-R-A-O-H. In this case, there's P-H-A-R-O-A-H. We're spending too much time on Pharaoh. Cooper. No one knows who the hell he is. All right, we're up to stories by Larry, sponsored by Wood. Oh, by the way, I must mention, uh, Gerald, you know, your sponsor was uh, Pine Trees. Okay. Okay, so this is, okay, uh, uh, Larry, bowling business phases in the USA? I'm going to do that, but I'm, before I do that, I'm going to have an update on, the, uh, on Brittany Griner. Okay. okay. Now that Brittany Griner has announced she will rejoin the Phoenix Mercury team in 2023, I wonder how many of you would consider watching her play then. By viewing a YouTube of a Griner's performance, you will see that she plays center with a powerful game in the paint and beyond. With NBA teams scoring the neighborhood of 80 points in their 40-minute games, 
Brittany has averaged 18 points and eight rebounds, along with 80% shooting from the charity strike. You can watch Brittany against your local team in 2023. Los Angeles Angels Sparks on June 2nd, Washington Mystics on June 16th, or New York Liberty on July 5th. Anybody want to comment on that? She will. They will. They will televise many of the uh, Mercury games. But the, those are a lot of Mercury games on. Those, those are the first time that'll be against your local team. The dates I provide. She'll be on many, many times. My comment, Larry, is let's see if she's still any good. Mm. That's my comment. Mm. Well, that's a good point. But she yeah. has she. I looked at it several of her uh, YouTube, and she she was quite quite impressive. Yeah. Three point shooting, uh, hook shots, dunks. Yeah, yeah, quite impressive. Yeah, because yeah. I know I know for a fact that prior to this, she has not been practicing. <clears throat> well, she has she has a, a, a few months left, right? All right, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Now for, the, now for the regular story <clears throat> on bowling. <clears throat> it seems that there are three, three discernible business phases of bowling in the United States. Phase one, bowling at its peak in the 1962-1997 period. During this period, there were 12,000 or so bowling centers in the United States. <clears throat> Their business was driven by leagues where bowlers typically signed up to participate once a week for 30 weeks. These leagues largely attracted blue-collar households. And of course, Chris Schenkel was the host of ABC TV's popular professional bowlers association telecast during this period. <clears throat> Phase two. Bowling in decline between 1998 and the pandemic. During the 1997-98 year, the United States Bowling Congress reported 4.1 million members of the league bowling organizations. But that membership declined to 2.6 million by the 2007 year. During this period, White-collar households showed interest in bowling, uh, but they were also interested in socializing at the alleys. Unfortunately, bowling alley owners largely did not provide the amenities for such socializing, such as destination restaurants. In the famous 2000 book, Bowling Alone, political scientist Robert D. Putnam cited the decline of bowling as a cause of declining social capital in the United States. Phase, phase three, bowling in the pandemic era. Bowling alleys were already in, in a precarious position before the pandemic hit. And unlike other <clears throat> recreational sports, the interior nature of bowling alleys is less adaptable to the constraints of COVID-19. Nevertheless, bowling alley owners are adapting to the pandemic era. Some have added high efficiency particle air filters, invoked capacity limits, 
assigned players to every other bowling lane and required masks unless one is drinking or eating in their individual section. Others have even added outdoor patio restaurants. That completes my story for this week. All right, we got a couple of comments on this. Uh, let you guys go first. Danny, you're the bowler of our groups. You want to comment? Right, let me let me just, if you give me a minute, I'll give you a little bit of um, a historical point of view from my personal point of view. When I was in high school, I was a much more prolific bowler than I am today. And I got to the point that I was really considering pursuing uh, uh, professional ranks. I did bowl in some pros. And I did bowl in one PBA tournament in 1969 when I was 20 years old. In those days, uh, there were at the time, if I well remember, 35 million registered bowlers in the United States. Of those, 3,000 were members of the Professional Bowlers Association, about 100 or 200 maybe touring pros. And all those touring pros, maybe 10 to 20, made a good living. Based on those statistics, I decided to go to college. <laughs> okay? I didn't think I was good enough, and I wasn't good enough. Now, bowling has initially, uh, ju just to what you have to understand, bowling used to be, a, a from the recreational point of view, a very cheap uh, entertainment venue. You can go on dates, quarter a game, and this and that. Back Today, then, you go yeah. to a bowling establishment and you, you're going to pay $5 a game per person. Right. It's become very, very expensive, and that's where the bowling uh, uh, caused the decline, you could say, in popularity, the costs associated with it. The bowling balls themselves are very expensive. Uh, I just bought a new one two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. It was $200. Yes. Okay, and I know I won't be able to use it for more than maybe two years before I need to buy a new one at my at my level. People go to bowling centers today. They are um, uh, in my level. They show up with two two to four bowling balls. I have five bowling balls in the in the bowling center. You know, just to give you an idea, because of different conditions that you have to do, because the conditions of the game have been such that they want to generate high scores. And, and that's, that's part of it. There's a lot of other things that get involved in it, but the economics of it is, 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 is primary. Uh, it's the cost associated didn't keep up. But then I have friends who live in Florida, and Florida happens to be in the southern part of the country, the warmer areas of the country. Bowling is extremely popular. Really? The bowling centers have billiard halls in it. They have bars, they have restaurants, etc. They provide indoor activities to get out of the heat. Mm, that makes sense. And northern, in our part of the country, in the northern part of the country, we have other activities. But in the south, bowling is very popular. Just to give you an idea of what, what it's like. Okay. Question, uh, Mike, Michael. Michael. I have a question and a comment. My question is, has any of you guys uh, ever gone to Chelsea Piers where they have a bowling alley that's oh, as, as spectacular a venue that I want to see? I remember its existence, but I don't know if it still exists. Do you bowl oh, yeah. the ball into the Hudson River? <laughs> bowl the ball. Well, everything is psychedelic. Oh, that's the golf. Oh, the golf. It exists. Very, very cool. 
And the other thing is, if you really want to see a movie, probably a, a real great classic movie that spent a lot of the time in the uh, in the bowling alley, is uh, the Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah. An incredible movie, and it spent a lot of the time in. Uh, the dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe, you want to comment? Yeah, I just some perspective. When I started bowling with my friend when I was 13 years old in 1956, the only the only bowling alley near East Meadow was in the uh, bus downstairs in the old bus terminal in Hempstead. It was 24 lanes, 12 on a side. By the time I stopped bowling, about four years later, at least three big bowling centers had opened: East Meadow Bowl, Garden City Bowl, and Huntington. That was the beginning of the you know of the real. Um, you know, real expansion of bowling. And, you know, you talked about that started in 62. It really, you know, the groundwork was laid a little bit earlier. And but I think what happened is, is that... still there. Garden City Bowl is No, no, I know, but, some, but some aren't. And I think what happened... Started, the last, and I think what happened in the last uh, 20 years or so is that property got so expensive that, uh, you know, a, a, a place that a bowling alley was on, if the guy owned it, he could sell it for an awful lot of money. And I think some places closed because of that. Yeah. But just but look. Yeah, I mean, it really grew when I was a kid. When, I was when a you guys were kids, okay? Right. How many of you guys, like, went for fun with a bunch of your guys, your friends, and you went to a bowling alley on a Saturday afternoon to go bowl? Yeah. Saturday okay? afternoon. And how many, and how many of you, other than Danny... Right. I've been to a bowling alley at least one time in the last five years. No, not me. Not me. Nope. That's exactly it. right. Five years. This is pre before yeah. pandemic times. We don't oh. go. You, you know what? Also hurt Danny on this. I'm telling Danny this that they took away a lot of the um <coughs> um what do they call it? What uh, general bowling? What not general? What's the word term they use? Open, 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 open bowling. Yeah, they took away to, like, open bowling. League, league, league. It gives them yeah, lots exactly. of money. Yeah. But they took yeah. away a lot of the open time. Uh, so you can't get the you can't average get person. Right, right. Well, well, there's not too many bowling alleys around anymore. Well, so the bowling alleys that did not, has, that did close, at least in this, in, in our area here, really were the ones that were not able to attract enough leagues. Yeah, if you don't get Carol leagues. Lanes, Carol good. Lanes across right. the street from, from Tikva. It's always full of leagues, right? And all was, the local schools was 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 it as well. Wasn't there like Sterling Bowl in New High Sterling, Park? And yes. Sterling Bowl was a I, shame I like that success. it disappeared. Yeah. It was fifty six <clears throat> lanes underground, yeah, and that's lanes. the first place that I ever bowled in. Yeah, yeah. it was fun. It was just a yeah, wonderful place. Nice. Uh, and the price was used to be. I remember it used to be like you would get a, a bowl of game and shoes for like two bucks. Yeah, something like that, right? That's All right, let's move on. Days. But uh, like good, good job on the good bowling. report, Larry. Brings us uh, to remember <laughs> the days Larry. of bowling. Uh, I was thinking that maybe, uh, maybe not this year, maybe next year, I would get uh, the Brotherhood and maybe us people from on the mark. If you're in the New York area, if we can get open lanes on a Sunday morning, at Sunday Sturm, morning at, uh, is a good time at Harold. At Harold Lane. Harold. 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 Well, unless they have a tournament on a Sunday, it's a good time. <laughs> All right. All right, let's move on. This day in sports. Today is December 22, 1222. 
couple interesting things took place on this particular day. In 1915, organized baseball, and they didn't have what it was called in that day, but organized baseball, and there was a federal league. There were two leagues. They signed a peace treaty, and the federal league was dissolved. So maybe there was like competition from one league to the other. Federal league gave up. I'm sure they gave them something uh, to dissolve them. <laughs> And uh, that was 1915. In 1917, for you hockey people, the NHL's first official week of play. That was 1970. Three players scored hat tricks in the same game for the same team. Imagine that. That's nine goals right there, right? Three different guys. I'm not going to mention the guy's name. You never heard of them. They each scored three for the Toronto Arenas, and they won 11 to four over the Ottawa Senators. There was an Ottawa Senators back in those days. All right, 1924. Babe Dye, D Y E, of the NHL Toronto St. Patrick's, scores five goals and uh, in a game, which I thought was a lot for them. And of course, his team beat the Bruins 10 to two. 1943, working our way up the years here. Manufacturers get permission to use synthetic rubber for the inside of baseballs. Hmm. I don't know what the hell they were using before. Anyone know? Real rubber? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. 1959, in case you were wondering this one. New York Rangers goalie. I never heard of this fellow. Marcel Pilet. Have you heard of him? Yeah, sure. Where's the first customized mask? So he's the first one to ever wear a mask to protect his face. Right. He he wore the mask, and Gump Worsley, the alternate goalie, did not wear wear a mask. Jacques Jacques Plant was really the first one, but you said the word customized. Right. That's the difference. Right. Imagine goalies didn't wear masks. I don't know. Right. Right. That was the game. That was the game. How they designed it. In 1962, the one millionth point was scored in the NBA. 62. So I wonder what they're up to. Who scored it? Does it say? Doesn't say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1974, Boston Bruins, Phil Esposito, one of the greatest centers of all time, becomes the sixth player to score 500 goals. And that was in 1974. Here's a good one. 1980, the St. Louis Cardinals released. <laughs> Outfield of Bobby Bonds. Ah. So I guess his career was over around 19 when the Yankees had him in the mid 70s. I didn't, even, I, didn't know, I never knew he played for the Cardinals. I didn't know, but he must have been put brought there and maybe he wasn't performing any well. That's and in 1980, he was released. Uh, 1990 also, Paul Coffey becomes the second NHL defenseman to record 1,000 points in a career. In 770 games. I'm sure he's a Hall of Famer, too. Mm-hmm. In 96, uh, the St. Louis Blues right wing, a lot of hockey because it's December. The St. Louis Blues right wing, Brett Hull, uh, scores his 26th hat trick mm-hmm. to reach 500 goals. Him and his dad, Bobby, I believe, and they still may be, unless I'm wrong, the only father son. Combo to have 500 goals? Tell me if I'm wrong. I think you're right. But 1996. 1997, Scotty Bowman, coach, NHL. 
at that time, he <coughs> won a game coaching the Detroit Red Wings. And that gave him 200 wins. And that made him the first coach in the NHL to win 200 games with three different teams. Right, besides Montreal, what's the other team? You know he was coached for Montreal. That's his most famous. Blackhawks. No. Buffalo? Buffalo Sabres. Right, Buffalo. Buffalo Sabres. Sabres. In 2003, the Knicks hire Isaiah Thomas as president of <laughs> basketball operations. Uh, that went well. well that was was a <laughs> and here's, here's, here's a soccer. Uh, that will lead us to Danny's soccer report in a second. In 2020, Argentine soccer superstar Lionel Messi scores his 644th goal for FC Barcelona, <laughs> Pele's record for the most goals for one club, Pele had 643 for Santos from 1956 to 74. And that's uh, this date, December 22nd. Danny, time for your soccer report, the final World Cup report. What do you have for us? I I said before, it was a great tournament in many respects. It was, uh, at least we only saw the on-field activities. It was very well run. Uh, The final was an amazing Final uh, uh, and the semifinals as well. Uh, there was just incredible soccer. And as um, uh, one of you guys mentioned earlier, uh, it, it, it was an all attack type of situation. If I compare it to older World Cups, uh, Italy, who did not qualify this time for, for the World Cup final, for the World Cup tournament, uh, used to have a great team all the time. And they used to win and win a lot by just playing defense. And it was a very boring game, if I well remember. So to have a World Cup in which, in which the teams were on attack all the time uh, was really great, great to see. Uh, uh, the the uh, interesting thing is that the top goal scorer from the French team and Messi, of course, their teammates on, <coughs> on the Paris club. You know, uh, and they were playing against each other. And that's the situations that the World Cup presents. Um, Argentina hadn't won in 36 years. So it was a great win for them. The um, uh, the mobs of people that were on the streets in Argentina was incredible to watch. Um, I did not know, for example, in the center of, Ar- of Buenos Aires is an obelisk similar to a Washington Monument. I never knew that it was an inside part of it. Well, they broke through the door into that and climbed up into that obelisk and they went all the way up to the top and put a flag through one of the windows. You know, uh, that's one of the stories that I heard. But um, both, both you know, the Argentine team had uh, two airplanes that flew to Argentina with their families. I needless to say, I don't know how long they would have stayed. They probably just went back to their home places wherever they live. Uh, you know, Messi was one guy that never really played for for, for a major league soccer team in Argentina. Uh, his story is that as a, as a young boy, he was very good and he was in the junior leagues of River Plate in Argentina, but he had some sort of a physical condition 
that did not allow that that stunted his growth. And the only ones that were willing to put out the money was the, was the team of Barcelona. So as a young boy or a young a young teenager, he went to Barcelona with his family, and Barcelona paid for his all his health care, and and uh, and the rest was history for Barcelona. Uh, absolutely amazing story. Uh, but he always retained his uh, Argentine citizenship. He was offered. Uh, years ago to become a citizen of Spain, but he refused. So I thought that was very interesting to to know. But it was a really great World Cup. They had um, a great goals, um, the, 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 the offense and, and, and the comebacks and uh, in the semifinals and in the final was just uh, just amazing. And uh, for the time being, my, my heart was in my throat to see what the hell was going to happen. <laughs> anyway, so that's it. Yes. All right, Larry, uh, want to comment? Were you disappointed at all, Danny, that it had to end with a penalty kick? Penalty kick? No, that's the way the game is played, you know, today. And uh, I'm yeah. sure the historical reasons for it they've had um, it, it must be time constraints because in the old days it used to be you pay overtime periods. Until you finish the over, there's no sudden death in the overtime period. You know, for example, like in hockey, wait, yeah, yeah, you have to play the entire 15 minutes of the overtime period and allow everybody to score as many goals as they can. So they got to a point, Never I guess, for whatever financial reasons, health reasons, or whatever, they opted not to. I thought that the great new change was that they moved up. Uh, they used to allow just uh, uh, three uh, three changes per game for any team. And now they moved it up in the World Cup to five. So uh, uh, that, that's a big deal, you know, to five changes. So. Roger, you want to come in? Roger, did you want to say Yeah, something? Mark. Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, to me, it seemed like there was a lot more parity than past years. I mean, even in the first game, I'm sure it shocked Danny, Saudi Arabia knocked off Argentina. In that first game, I mean, that was a colossal was upset. That mm -hmm. must have scared you plenty, Danny. I but, scared uh, everybody. I scared everybody. Yeah, surprised. that was a lot, lot of that surprises. Was... You know, mm -hmm. And however, every player on the Saudi Arabia team was was, was given a Rolls Royce by the king of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I didn't like Mark keeps saying this, the sport is boring. I mean, I, I disagree. I mean, I didn't start playing till junior high school because, you know, there was basketball, there was football, baseball, all these other things were before. And then in camp one summer, the counselor threw me the ball. I caught it. So that's how I became a goalie. You know, it was that kind of stuff, you know, playing it later in life. But the United States has made progress. We don't we don't have that creativity like Argentina has, especially with those one touch passes, Danny, that they were very good at you know we, we, we don't it's not instinctual yet we still kind of hold the ball and you know thinking about it we, we can compete but we can't really score you know reliably we don't have a you know a finisher a messy mbappe guys like that who can really take over the game but uh, yeah. we're because getting there because every game that we have here is a hand-eye coordination yeah and that was my biggest problem when i came to the united states i was 13 and a half years old i didn't know of any game that was that wasn't a hand an eye foot coordination, there's a big right, adjustment right. to that. And that, that was comment. the thing, by the yeah, way, yeah. getting back to the bowling. Uh, because of my low vision, 
I always liked to participate in sports. I was very athletically oriented. I was a swimmer all my life and so on. And when I found bowling and I realized that I liked the sport and I could possibly uh, be uh, a good good at it, that's when I took it up. But it was a big adjustment to do a hand-eye coordination as opposed to a hand-foot coordination. Yeah, different. A few more comments. Uh, Stephen, you wanted a comment? Oh, I wanted a comment. Stephen is, is muted, so one of Alan, you have to unmute yourself. I, I don't like the idea of a championship being settled on 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 penalty shots. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm glad the NHL is not that does not do that in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Right. Uh, I agree with uh, you. Team sports should should be decided by team play. Uh, exactly uh, right. Aside from that, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> quite often, you know. People don't care for a lot of people in America. We don't we don't like a game with there's not many scoring chances, but that certainly was not true of this uh, title game. Uh, the last forty minutes of it were uh, were wild. Uh, both yeah. teams had a uh, had a lot of chances. As far as some of the passing plays or the setups, almost reminded me of uh, of of, uh, of hockey plays. Uh, 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 the, the attack, uh, uh, somebody coming in on the wing, and then uh, uh, passing it to the trailer, coming down the middle for, for dead-on shots. Uh, that uh, uh, the, the, the game, uh, the, the game had a lot of of, of, of good scoring chances, uh, had some spectacular goal goaltending on both ends. Uh, uh, each team had. had Chances to win in, in, in that extra time. Uh, it, uh, the, the game had a, a very bad. high tempo at the end, and I think that that made it uh, probably as, as as good a soccer game as 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 uh, we'll ever, we'll ever see. Uh, were there were there were goals the, scored in the extra period? Yes, one each. One each. One who each. scored it? Who scored first? Argentina. Uh, Argentina. 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 Right, that, that's they should have won it right then and there. And then, yeah, I don't um, like that rule. Oh, they got to keep I on disagree. playing the rest. They're exhausted, man. They're playing all that 90 yeah. minutes, 100 yeah. minutes. What? They're used to it. They're yeah. not a wuss like you, you want, I know. You want to comment, Alan, before <laughs> yes. we move on? So talk, talking about the 108, I think it was the 118th minute when the Argentine goalkeeper shut down that shot from in the box, I think it was. I mean, it was mind-blowing. And the right. announcer said, remember that save. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But the yeah, other... You were so into it. Well, and then, I forget the game, name of the French guy, Mayab... Mayab... Mbappe. Mbappe. Unpronounceable. A hat-trick. A hat-trick. Right. right. That was mind-blowing. Right. All right, Alan, uh, um, Michael, one last comment. We gotta move on. Yeah, I have a I had a problem with the penalty kick ending of the game. Uh who's to say that one team has a team with better penalty kickers? And it apparently it was Argentina and uh, the other uh, penalty kickers weren't that good. I really felt that something more creative should have been thought of. Uh, uh, I, th I think I think that, Michael what what has changed right changes yeah. the quality of the goaltending. Yeah, that's it. Used to be that a penalty kick was almost for sure a goal. In today's world, these caliber of goaltenders, they stop forty percent of the shots. Didn't they yeah. have one time a system? Maybe it was a different league 
they had one on one. The guy would dribble in one on one, and then he would have to fake the goalie out. That's more. That's more of a way to end the game than a penalty kick, ten or, yards away. Right. You know, the it's goalie got to go to the right. Oh, he, he shoots to the left. It's it's, right. it's the goalie. The goalie feels like crap. But you know, you could go into. You could be more creative. Like for example, who's to say that it'll be more entertaining if you play fifteen minutes without goalies? With something creative. Let's let's right. move on. I just wanted to say one thing. As far as we just spent 10 minutes on, on talking about uh, soccer. World Cup. World Cup World soccer. Cup. And did you know that yesterday there was the uh the major uh league soccer had a draft? Does anyone know there was a draft yesterday? No, actually, I didn't know. They drafted college players to the professional teams. Now, you know, if it was a basketball draft, you would watch (laughs) the baseball draft. No, we don't watch that one. But the basketball draft, the hockey draft, the football draft, we sit there and watch this. Yesterday, they had a uh, league where the NYCFC, the Red Bulls, that league had a draft. And for the record, Charlotte picked a guy named Hamity Diop. From Clemson. By the, by the way, I, I think that uh, MLS is going to have a big growth because supposedly they keep Messi expanding made, their league. They must have about twenty some odd teams in Messi, two divisions. They're saying that Messi is going to sign with Miami. <laughs> wow, there's okay. rumors. Yeah, the audience yeah. that that's going to. Let, we'll see it when it happens. Let's move on to baseball, where, where I'm more comfortable talking about. <laughs> and I want to go right to uh, Stewart. Because Stuart did a good job last yeah, week very on good. transactions, and very I, and but and, and yesterday, last week, there were a lot of transactions. Wait till you hear what he has for us this week. Stuart, take it away. By the way, okay, I'm a sponsor of you. I'm a sponsor. You. Your sponsor okay. is mermaids. Oh. Okay. <laughs> what about the little mermaid? Is she part of it? What happened to my mermaid? sponsor? Anyway. Oh, yeah. oh I gave you one. Danny didn't get a sponsor. <laughs> okay. Going on with the contract major league baseball contract since last t- we met first one jd martinez a dh is picked up by the dodgers for one year 10 million he's 35 he previously played for the astros tigers red sox and now becomes reunited with mookie betts xander right, right. bogarts a shortstop picked up by the Padres with an 11-year, $280 million contract. He's 30 years old. He, pre- he had played with the Red Sox his entire career until now. Next is Dansby Swanson. As me, yeah. Dansby. Shortstop, picked up by the Cubs. He had been with the Braves. He gets a seven-year, $177 million contract. He's 28. He was selected by the Diamondbacks in the first round of 2015 for the Major League Draft, but he never played for the Diamondbacks. He only played for the Braves. He has a full no-trade clause on his contract. Next person, Adam Adovino, Mets relief pitcher. Two years at $14.5 million. He's 37 years old, previously played for the Yanks and Red Sox. He opted out, Rock, he opted out after Rockies, too. Rockies, too. Rockies, Rockies. Okay. Rockies as well. Okay. 
and he has a performance bonus each season. Next is the biggie, Carlos Correa. Shortstop <laughs> just picked up early Wednesday morning <laughs> in the middle of the night by the Mets <laughs> from the Giants with a 12-year, $315 million contract. He's 28. He played one year with the Twins and then played the rest of his career with the Astros up until now. Then there's another Carlos, Carlos Rodon, starting pitcher picked up by the Yanks from the Giants with a six-year, $162 million contract. He's now 30. He played for the White Sox and then the Giants, and he has a no-trade clause. Next is new Met catcher, Omar Navarez. One year, $8 million he's, he's, was given. He's 30 years old. He played with the Twins before, and he has a $7 million option for 2024. I don't think he played for the Twins. I think he played for White Sox. White Sox? White Sox. White Sox. I'll have to go back and look at that again. Okay. Next is Seth Lugo, both starting at relief picture picked up by the Padres. Two years, $15 million. He's 33, played for the Mets up until uh, recently, <clears throat> this past season. He has a 2024 opt-out and incentives available to him. Then there's former Met Trevor May, reliever who is now picked up by the Oakland A's for a one year, $7 million. He's 33, he had previously played for the Twins and the Mets. Next is Michelle Givens. Michael, Michael Spence, Michael, I don't know how. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Givens. Whoops. Uh, pronounced it Michael, yeah. He's now playing, will be playing for the Orioles for one year, $5 million. Huh? Second time, you, you think he was with yeah, me. Second time around, Fred. Right, right. That's right. Uh, he's 32, played for the Cubs. Metsy played for the Orioles, I think, uh, initially, if I'm not mistaken. And he has the 2024 mutual option. He's only 32. It seems like he's older than that, right? Yeah. Been around a long yeah. Time. yeah. Andrew Bientendi, left fielder, picked up by the Chicago White Sox. Five years, $75 million. He's 28. He played for the Royals, Blue Jays, and the Yankees. Red Sox. Red Sox. Red Sox. Okay. Started with the Red Sox. Okay, next, Joey Gallo, left fielder, picked up by the Minnesota Twins, one year, $11 million. He's 29, <laughs> late for the Yanks and the $11 Dodgers. $11 million. $11 million for Joey Gallo. I could substitute for him. Okay. Yeah. I could hold his bags. Next is Adam Frazier, second base and outfield. Oh, yeah. Picked up by the Baltimore Orioles, one year, $8 million. He's 31. He had previously played for the Seattle Mariners. And Pirates. Oh, and okay. Padres. I can't put it all on the paper, so I don't write uh, it. All right, all right. I'm sorry. All right. Next guy job. is the Japanese guy, Matsaka Yasita, I believe is how it's pronounced. He's a left fielder, picked up at the Red Sox. Five years, $13. <coughs> He's 29. He's the two-time batting champ for the Japanese Pacific League in 21, 21, 
2021, both years, he won, won a batting championship, as well as winning a gold medal in the uh, Tokyo Olympics for Japan on the Oryx Buffaloes team. Justin Turner, third base, picked up by the Red Sox. Two years, $22 million, 38 years old. He had played for the Orioles and the Mets and then the Dodgers for a number of years. And then there's Michael Brantley, left fielder, picked up by the Houston Astros. One year, $12 million. Signed. 35 years old. He played for the Indians and the Astros. And next is Brandon Drury, who plays second base, third base, and outfield, and now will be playing for the Angels for $2 million. I'm sorry, two years, $17 million. He's 30 years old. He played with the Padres and the Reds. And he also and played the Yankees. Yankees. And the Mets. And the Mets. Yankees the last and the Mets year. As well. Last year, Reds and Padres. Yeah. Okay, next is Drew Smiley, starting pitcher, picked up by the Chicago Cubs for one year, five and a quarter million dollars. He's age 33. He had previously played for the Braves and the Cubs. Next is Austin Hedges, catcher, picked up by the Pittsburgh Pirates for one year for $5 million. He's 30 years old. He played for the San Diego Padres, Cleveland Indians slash Guardians as well. Then there's Matt Carpenter, third base, picked up by the Padres for two years, $12 million. He's 37. He played for the Cardinals for many years and then played for the Yanks this past season. He has an opt-out available after the 2023 season. And then he has, he also has $500,000 incentives each for 300, 350, 400, 450, 500, and 550 plate appearances. Mm. So for each of those, he gets $500,000 he, if he reaches them. Then there's, this is the latest one I heard this morning or saw Dan Mendick picked up by the Mets. As an another, another free agent signing. What was yeah. the guy's name? Unbelievable. In, in, Mendick. Uh, Mendick. Days, like a, man, a man's dick. Mendick. M-E-N-D-I-C. Correct. Never heard of him. Yeah, me either. He was with the White Sox. He gets hmm. a one-year, $1 million contract. He's age 29. Last year, unfortunately, in June, he tore uh, an ACL in his right knee. So from June on, he didn't play. That's so, why I mean, I hopefully he did one million. What's a measly one million dollars? Just to where does he play? Yeah, they, they, they took him infielder, infielder, infielder. reserve right. infielder. Yep, sort of like utility, I guess you could say. Yeah. And then, okay. and then finally, there's the <coughs> one trade the Mets traded last night, James McCann. Oh, the Orioles for a player to be named later. Oh. Just take him off my hand. Yeah. I don't care yeah, who you yeah, give right. me. Just, uh, Just take him. Uh, <laughs> right. To unload uh, so salary. Did, yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last night. Is that it? Yes, that's it. Good job. Yeah. Good job. We have Very a couple good of job. comments. Thank Very good. Very good. Uh, Gerald, what are you first? Comments. Just wanted, just wanted to mention James McCann. He has $24 million left in his contract. Oh. The Mets are p p paying $19 million of the $24 million Oh. And the Mets are getting back a play to be named later. Okay. Yes, that's right. Exactly right. Minor okay. league player to be named. The question is, who names the player? The, the Mets or the Orioles? Or how does that work? They work, work together. So, they work sometimes together. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's based on his production with the Orioles. They might say, you know. What would they give us? Uh, Michael? Yeah. Two things. Uh, 
this morning I was jogging and I was listening to Tiki and Tyranny and he had Rodon on. I could not believe how articulate he is. He sounded like another Tom Seaver, the way he describes mm-hmm. his game, his injury, and how he came back and the art of pitching. He is really something. He's going to be a class act for the Yankees. And I can't Hopefully, wait you'll have him and Cole uh, back to yeah, back. Really, really. Okay. Do they show what number uniform he, he took? Yeah. Yeah. A different level. Of a, of a, you didn't see his uniform team. number at the press conference? You were listening to it. You weren't watching. Okay. No, it was very interesting. And the other thing I wanted to mention that the other night, uh, I go to the bathroom a lot in the middle of the night and I uh, play with my, <laughs> my really walking, and I just happened to time it to go to the bathroom at three o'clock and Salicata was on. And it was <laughs> crazy. When they announced uh, Correa on the, on the uh, Mets and uh, yeah. the Mets fans were very, very happy to say the least. Okay. Uh, Danny had a comment what? real quick. Yeah, just in general, you know, all of these contracts are great. Good for the for the people that are being offered these contracts, and I can't blame them for not turning down money that's being thrown at them. But at this <laughs> level, you and I are the ones that end up paying for it in one way or the other. TV rights, we yeah, buy yeah, tickets, yeah, that too. For the logo, there's a kickback. <laughs> I think personally, I think these long-term contracts with these type of numbers that are being thrown out, we don't really know to what extent they're, they're, they're based on performance guarantee. They're guaranteed a certain amount of money to play 162 games a year. Now, what happens if they only play 60 games a year? Should guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. But my opinion is that it shouldn't be. Con- it should be an incentive. Guaranteed. Maybe not. Still make money. Incentive then to play, not to say my pinky toe hurts. I'm I'm sitting out again. <laughs> Just still well, play. Play. Yeah, the money. I wish somebody yeah. was with a calculator and he as he was given the names mm. and the amount of money they're all getting. Add it all up. That's a lot of money. Larry. When I was when I was working, somebody would offer me 10 times the amount of money that I was making on my job to do the same job, I would have accepted it, right? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. But, right, but right. certain performance was always expected of me. Right. So when that Don't dude got $1 million dollars for, for, for one today. year. Right. Compared to the others who got With like a torn ACL. Yeah. Nothing. Larry. Yeah, uh, the example that uh, Gerald uh, gave you is an indication that even though you sign somebody for a long-term uh, uh, contract, you can trade him away and get a, a, another team to pay part of part of That's that. Remaining amount. Yeah. Okay. One more, Fred. Then we'll go. Yeah. Just want to know: Has anybody heard what the Mets are they are they planning to to look to trade Escobar now? I haven't heard anything. He's available. Rumors. And and also that other guy, that rookie. uh, What's his name? Brent. uh, Oh, what's the guy's name? Brent Beatty. Yeah. Beatty. Yeah. They're available. They're available. Yes, they are. Gerald. They need. Just wanted to mention one thing very quickly about the BC area era that is before Cohen under the Wilpons. If the Wilpons own the Mets now, Cano would be playing second base and McCann would be our catcher until their contracts ran out. Right, the primary and, catcher. And batting number, first string Joe, catcher. Finally, come on. Right, probably. Joe. Yeah, I just wanted to say that they're, uh, they talked about Beatty maybe being moved to the outfield. Oh, is that right? I didn't hear. Yeah, so it's possible. 
I mean, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them keep him around. He looked like he hey, he showed some flashes. I mean, it's too early to really say Someone. anything. But what position is that guy who was up the end of the year? Mark uh, Viento. Vientos. What is he's he a like? first baseman, outfielder, designated oh, yeah. hitter. There's no place for him. Well, maybe you know, try him out at DH. They don't have a lot at DH, so I don't right, know. Right, right, right. They, they have, have three, the, they like the paper day. The DH is that. Uh, who's the chubby guy? Vogelback. Vogelback and Escobar's a better righty batter and Vogelback yeah. bats. I don't know. So meanwhile, when 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 Stuart mentioned that Masataka Yoshida uh, yeah. to make room for him on the Red Sox roster, mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. to designate. Do you remember Jita Downs? Downs? Yeah. Right, yeah, right. I saw they, that. They yeah, yeah. Jeter down, named after Derek Jeter. Yeah, they got the guy. That's, they got, that's they where they him the, the trade, right? That's interesting. Hmm? I think they got him from the Dodgers, in the as far as the Dodgers, uh, right? The in Dodgers. the Mookie Betts trade. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. And uh, so he's available if anybody wants a fast runner. Good job, Stuart. Very good. Lots of stuff. Very good. By the way, the Giants. Thanks, thank you. Giants being spurned twice now. They're looking at my photo. Yeah, yeah, Conforto. Conforto. Mets only have three regular outfielders. They still need more outfielders. Let's move on to to Michael's Yankees and Jets ran. Mark, Mark, there's one more thing. There was a rumor uh, that I heard that the Mets might package a couple of players to try and get the pitcher Lopez. I forget his first name. Oh, Felix Pablo from from the Marlins, right? Yeah. Well, they got a lot of young guys that, and uh, you, you have a ten-year contract. You know, those those yeah. kids are useless. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how they feel right now. Yeah. Could be. We'll say down the line that he's not a pitcher. Always oh, you pitching. All right, Michael. Yankees and Jets ran sponsored yeah. by the letter W. The letter W. Okay. <laughs> That's like in uh, Mad 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 World. It was under the big right. W. That's right, that? the big W. All right. right. So uh, with the Yankees, uh, right. yesterday was the press conference, and uh, Judge was sitting there in the middle, and his wife was at the far end, and happy wife, and what's the line? Happy, uh, happy wife, wife, happy, happy wife. wife, happy she wife. Yeah, very, right. very happy, and uh, I just hope Judge is very gentle when they're making love, but she's uh, she's a little girl. And I just they're very, very nice. But anyway, they all look happy, and I am happy. And uh, who knows? Maybe Judge will even be better next year. This is my hope and my dream. And if Judge is even better next year, maybe we could carry the Yankees to the promised land because uh, I'm sure that Donaldson isn't going to be doing it or Hicks isn't going to be doing it. So we shall see. And uh, my, my dream, of course, is for them figuring out how to get Atani as the DH. And I would love to see Stanton oh, yeah. left field until he gets hurt. And then you put Cabrera there, and I'll be fine with all that. And then they could compete for a shortstop. Uh, either it'll be Volpe or Pedroza and Pedroia. And uh, I'm fine with all that. And I think that even with uh, Donaldson in the third, when you think of all the Yankee great third basemen, the only really third baseman that really had better numbers is uh, A-Rod. I mean, Nettles was the same type of batter as uh, as uh, Donaldson and uh, Cleet Boyer. Those are the other two great Yankee third basemen. So who the heck knows? Maybe that will do it. But uh, I'm very, very happy. And uh, I think we're going to have as entertaining a baseball season this year as you ever want to see. Now, with the Jets, that's another story. Okay. And uh, last Sunday, the game was so depressing that it led <laughs> 
ending down and write, believe it or not, what I would call a boomer Okay, I wrote a little short story. This is something something a little different for the on the mark sports talk uh, podcast. So I'm going to uh, turn myself into uh, somebody telling uh, this story, and I will be known from now on as Michael the Jets fan. And here's how the story goes. It was the morning of Sunday, December 18th, the day the Jets were to play the Detroit Lions at MetLife Stadium. Prior to heading to the game, Michael the Jets fan stopped off at Utopia Bagels around 9 o'clock a.m. for some onion bagels, cream cheese, lox tuna, black and white cookie, delicious black and white cookie, and hot coffee for his thermos. Some 45 minutes or so later, depending on traffic, Michael the Jets fan entered one of the MetLife Stadium's parking lots and parked in his prepaid $40 spot. After eating his delicious bagels, etc., and drinking his coffee, Michael the Jets fan tossed around a football with some of the fans, and it was a wonderful time, and everybody was in, in a wonderful mood, until it was time to take a shuttle from that parking spot to his $150 seat at the stadium. And it was an excellent game, and everybody was happy. Zach Wilson finally was playing his best football of the season. And with about four minutes and 41 seconds left in the game, Zach hit tight end C.J. Uzuma on a genius play call from the one or two-yard line. And that led to the go-ahead touchdown. And with the Jets fans' great defense, it certainly looked like the Jets will win for sure. The resounding sound of J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 resounded throughout MetLife Stadium like the good old days. Never has Michael the Jets fan ever seen the Jet bench look so happy. Because with a win, this team will be on the verge of the playoffs. But wait. With under two minutes left in the game, at midfield, Lions quarterback Jared Goff managed to throw a little pitch to tight end Brock Wright. For some reason, nobody in the Jets was covering him, and he ran 51 yards all the way to the end zone for a touchdown, and the Lions regained the lead. Shockingly, at the most disastrous time, the Jets were completely fooled. Fortunately, I will not go into how horrible the last one minute and 49 seconds of the game was when the Jets desperately tried to tie the game while the remaining time painstakingly elapsed due to a Jet coaching staff that knew nothing about when to use three remaining timeouts. Instead, let's wonder what poor Michael the Jets fan was thinking about when he was waiting for his shuttle to the parking lot. What was he thinking about? And what was he thinking about as the shuttle took him to the parking spot? What was he thinking about on that slow as molasses ride out of MetLife Stadium parking lot? And what was he thinking about schlepping along on the George Washington Bridge and the Cross Island Parkway. Now that my bubble mindset is coming to an end, I will reveal exactly what Michael, the Jets fan, was thinking. He was thinking only three letters all the way home. I know. S-O-J. <laughs> That's what you're going to say. Name <laughs> <Damn> old Jets. <laughs> That's my report. Amen. <laughs> oh, yeah, Very good, Mike. 
Thank nice you. job. Good, nice good. job. Nice job. Okay. Nice All story. Right. So, of course, uh, we forgot to mention that Aaron Judge became the 16th captain. Captain, right. Maybe next week we'll talk about all the different captains they've had. Surprising right. some of those names on that list. I have it. You want me to read it? No, let, let's do it next week because we have some more people to want have to talk. We'll do it next right. week. What time next week? Fred, we'll go to you. Uh, Knicks, Nets, yes. St. John's. Yes. Oh, are you sponsored by Vegetables? Mark, you want me to mention what I have an idea for the 150th show real quick? Yeah, Fred called me. He says he has an idea for the 150th mm -hmm. show. I what do you got? Okay, well, as you all know, On the Mark started in May of 2020. I thought maybe each of us could talk about one or two of our most more memorable sports events that have occurred since the the inception of On the Mark. Oh, between only in the last three years. Now. Yeah, that might be tough for people awesome. to think back. What's well, happening? You know, if they can, just just an idea. It doesn't have to be, you know that. So yeah. Just yeah. an What's idea. Memory, You can go to Google. And type in uh, sporting events since. I, I mean, some 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 of, it, some of it's obvious. I mean, you could talk about the. No, 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 don't don't no. even mention okay. it. Okay, okay. <laughs> we think about it. You guys think about that. We'll talk about. We'll ask for your yeah. opinion next week. That's okay. one of the things we can do. Yeah, it's just an idea. Now, okay. a, so far, it's a great time for pro basketball in New, in New York. Uh, mm -hmm. Even though the Knicks lost last night, they really gave a great effort on a back to back. Missing Quentin Grimes, who was that was out of a sprained ankle, but eight eight in a row was a great achievement, and they're yes. definitely back in the playoff hunt. And hopefully they'll continue their winning ways. Right there. And what, what a come down for Golden State! I know Steph uh, Steph Curry and other injuries are out, but to lose by thirty eight points to the Knicks one night, and I think thirty points to the Nets yes. next night, I couldn't believe the Nets. I put the, the, the net game on a little bit last night. The end of the first quarter, I couldn't believe my eyes. The score was forty-six to seventeen at the end. At the end of the first quarter, it was like unbelievable. Hmm. But so both New York teams are playing well. I was a little disappointed last night watching St. John's play Villanova. Just like in the past, <coughs> Villanova totally dominated St. John's after about the first fifteen minutes of the game and went away with a fifteen-point wins. St. John's is still twelve and two, but. They're going to have to start to maybe beat some good teams, get some good wins on the road, and hopefully things will improve for them. The, the Knicks are playing uh, the Bulls Friday night, and you can get up early on Christmas Day, Sunday, watch the Knicks at noon against the, against the Sixers. Five games, Christmas Day. Five games. They're, they're, they're the first one at 12 o'clock. The, the Nets are not playing on Christmas Day. They did not – the powers that be did not see, deem fit to – to put the nets on 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 Christmas Day, uh, they're playing the the Bucks tomorrow night, which should be a good test for them because a lot of their wins in this in this seven or eight game win streak has been against not the better teams, and we'll see what what goes on in the, in the, for them in the next uh, few weeks. Hopefully, things will continue to they'll play well. Okay. Larry, got a comment? Yeah, to talk about the Wizards a little bit, uh, they lost ten straight. But Beal came back. He had 29 points. They lost that game. He came, the next game, he, he had 27. The difference is that the Israeli scored 16 points, 10 rebounds, and that was the difference. They need to have some – their two young players step up. They're very erratic, and, and that makes the difference. 
the, the Washington Wizards was a trivia uh, was a uh, Jeopardy question or answer. Yes, they. If you guys yeah, know the yeah, yeah, yeah. the illiterate, yeah. what the literate, mm-hmm. alliterative. Right. How do you yeah. say alliterative? What's the word? Alliterative. Alliterative, I think. Alliterative. Whatever team in the NBA. You know, you know, right. you know, Larry. I'm looking at the standings. That the Wizards are 12 and 20, but they're still only four games out of first in the division. It's a, you know, that division is. Quite I know. Deep. I know. The first place team is 16 and 16. Amazing. Joe? Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, about feeling bad for the Golden State Warriors as they were without. Curry. I don't feel bad for them. I just uh, uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care at all oh, because yeah. when they when they, when they, uh, when they were at the Garden during the last during the 20, uh, 2021 season, last season, uh, Curry, you know, uh, scored the uh, oh yeah, the, the three point, point basket, and he was just styling, and the whole team yeah. was going crazy. So oh, yeah, I don't right. care. I don't care how badly they lost. They deserved <laughs> it. You. Yeah, Howie well, was so embarrassed it. he got on a plane and flew to Phoenix. Phoenix, right. Arrogant, <laughs> arrogant team. I, I know that Steve Kerr is a very sharp guy and his politically he's um, you know, one of the few coaches in yeah. any professional sport that's willing to take a stand other than, you know, guns and ammo and uh yeah. and him, him and Pop play. him and Popovich, especially in the NBA. But I don't care I don't care about the team. They're just arrogant. Huh. The hell with them. A couple of um other baseball notes that we was not mentioned. Uh, if ever you listen to a Mets game on the radio, yeah, uh, Wayne Randazzo, uh, who yes. works with um, what's his name? Howie Rose. Howie, Howie Rose, Rose. Thank you. Right, right. Is leaving and uh, leaving the uh, position, and now there's an opening. I don't know. So who I call Michael happen. Pollock. Remember Michael Pollock who came on our show a couple of times? Does the oh, Ducks really? games? They called I him. I said, "There it is. Go apply for the job." <laughs> he I should. Think, I think they have somebody in mind. He he liked. Yeah. He appreciated me thinking of him. And then, uh, yeah, hmm? yeah. In all honesty, for somebody like me who's not the greatest lover of the Mets, there's nothing like <laughs> listening to Howie Rose and Rendozo, Rendozo when the Mets are getting dazzled. When Dazzo, and they change the topic yeah. about the game. They talk. They can talk about food. They can talk about. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're both good. They're very both entertaining. Good. And another Met story that they plan on moving the right field fence in by eight feet. Oh, yeah, they, they, yes. they've started doing that already. They've started, started doing that. Yeah, and they're going to put some uh, boxes there to make more money. Which yeah, the uh, Cards, St. Louis Cards, the baseball team, obviously. <laughs> One of their broadcasters, I never heard of this guy, Dan McLaughlin, was removed from his position. He was arrested the third time for a, D, a DUI. Mm. Bless you. And the Aaron Judge 62nd home run ball, which the, the kid, a man, Corey Omens, was going to get $3 million. He turned the money down. Greedy. All went to auction. He yeah. only got one5 Greedy, greedy, yeah. greedy. Yeah. So, <laughs> Helen is applauding. Whatever on that one. You snooze, you lose. And then yeah. I, I did a little research about ball players and salaries. And I'm going to ask you, unless you know for sure, the year you were born, I will tell you who the highest played baseball, highest paid baseball player was during that year. And you'll be surprised about the money. 
Chris, I was born 1950. So was I. Joe DiMaggio was the highest paid, $100,000. 1950s. $100,000 ball player. So give, yeah. give me give me a year and I'll tell you what it is. 1946. 1946. Hank Greenberg. Tigers. 1945. $55,000. Wow. 1943. 43. Joe Cronin. Boston. $27,000. <laughs> during the war. 1913. 49. Joe DiMaggio again. $100,000. <laughs> wow. Any more years? 1973. They put the tax code in. You didn't hear Alan. 1913. That was the tax code. They put the tax code in. Oh. Any more years? IRS. 1953. 1953. Ted Williams, eighty-five thousand. So Dimaggio was getting a hundred thousand in forty-nine and fifty. Ted Williams went down to ninety thousand. They decreased the guys. There was, no, there was no cost of living increase in those days. Yes, no, not. Do you know the little, the little um, anecdotal on uh, Kiner, Ralph Kiner? Wow. Yeah. I, wow. I have nothing on Kiner. Everything just froze. Are you guys, you guys hear me? Shake your hand. You froze. I'm not frozen. You guys froze. You guys hear me? I don't know what to do here, guys. Everyone is frozen. <laughs>